Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hey, Jessica. Hi, Michelle, and welcome to all of our listeners. This is episode number seven, correct? I guess so. We're just flying through these. Maybe not to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michelle, we knew it was only a matter of time before somebody brought up the fact that you look like somebody else. This this week, (laughs) this week, you put up some some stories, a kitchen tour, and uh, my roommates and I. You know, my girls I always refer to. Yes. We have a text stream thread, like I oh, said, yeah. that we always, you know, yeah. text on. And you were quite the topic of conversation. <laughs> Everybody was talking about how much you looked like Jennifer Garner. And then you posted a picture of you with, what's what's the girl's name from oh, 13 Chris, 30? Yeah, Krista Allen. When she was like 13, she played Jennifer Garner's younger self in 13 going on 30. And I think I think you look even more like her. Yeah. Yeah. One of you I, I had like not seen much of her since that movie, but I think one of your friends yes, like posted her picture. That. Yeah. Came up with that. And I was like, oh wow, I actually do think I look quite a bit like her. Partially because she and I are the same age ish. You know, we're closer in age than I am to Jennifer Garner. But yeah, lots of people think that I look like Jennifer Garner. So that can be your visual if you don't know what I look like and you're listening to this podcast. Just pretend you're listening to Jennifer Garner. I don't know if be a higher compliment. Those two, they're beautiful. Oh, well, You get it thanks. a lot, though. Like, don't you get, don't people tell you you look like fill in the blank all the time? It's really funny because for most of my adulthood, people come up to me random places and they're always like, hi, where do I know you from? And I'm like, I don't think we know each other. And they're like, yes, we do. Actually, I was with you, Jessica, when one of your friends felt this way. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, and she was like, we went to dance camp together. And I was like, we really haven't, I promise. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) But there's something extremely familiar about my face. I'm not sure what it is. I kind of think, so over time, I've like realized that a lot of times if I say, you know, someone's like, oh my gosh, I swear that I know you. I'll say, I think you probably think I look like Jennifer Garner or your best friend from high school. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) But yeah, I think that Jennifer Garner is maybe known enough, but not so recognized that like, I just, you know, like if you saw her in a movie, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I've seen her before. Right. And so I feel like it's like the same with my face. It looks vaguely like hers. So you're like, I've seen, I've seen her before somewhere, but I can't quite place it. Anyways, that's what I think. That's funny. Michelle, it definitely could be worse. I think that's quite a compliment. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They could be like, you look like the Hulk. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, it's funny. But uh, I once. Out of uh, all the, out of all the things you could. You the Hulk. The Hulk. And green and form. huge. <laughs> green. <laughs> That'd be a bad okay, one. That's funny. But I feel jealous. I don't have a doppelganger. Um, yes, you do. We gotta find mine. Your doppelganger is Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, for other people needing a visual, Jessica looks like a real life Barbie. <laughs> not, not yeah. even. I am not even. Beautiful, but. tall. We'll, we'll do, blue we'll do eyes, a side by side, Michelle. We'll do a side by side. <laughs> a and and Barbie. Well, Just she looks kidding. like a real version, like a a Barbie in real life. Did you ever see that movie that came out when we were? Oh yes, yeah. I loved that movie. Yeah, with like Tyra <gasps> I Banks. About that. Yeah, yeah. Are my kids too young to show that to? More my daughter, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Man, the movies of the early 90s. 2000s, 90s. Okay. Who knows? I don't know. Somewhere in there. The, the best movies. The best time people were making movies, that's for sure. Like 13 yes. Going what? on 30. Classic. Classic. Yeah. And what a perfect segue into our topic today. <laughs> yes. Not really. <laughs> no. Um, this month, actually, we wanted to focus on finding joy. So this week, we're going to be talking all about finding joy in the everyday, which is one of our core principles here at Pretty Over Perfect, because we see that so much of the world is trying to steal our joy, trying to make us feel constantly jealous or less than or inadequate. And we want to combat that negativity by finding all of the moments of joy, of sparkle, of magic in our lives. Right. We believe that regardless of what we're struggling with, that joy, that happiness is there. If we can channel our minds to recognize it and cling on to it. Absolutely. So often, Michelle, I feel like we expect things to be easy or happy or they'll become more fun or you'll become more happy when blank happens. Yeah. When I have more money or when I have a nicer car, when my kids sleep through the night when my spouse surprises me with flowers, <laughs> when I'm done with my degree. I don't know. Like, it can be absolutely yeah. anything. But we're always kind of looking to that next benchmark thinking that's when I'll feel more happiness. I don't know if you've ever felt that way or not. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I think that there have been studies done on millennials, particularly that, you know, we grew up in the 90s, which was – I mean, honestly, probably like the best time to be a child ever in the history of the world. And we were promised everything. And it was like, you're going to grow up and you're going to be happy and famous and wonderful and everything, you know, the world's going to fall at your feet. And then we grew up and we're like, oh, it's just normal here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we still have to pay yeah. bills. And, you know, everything isn't always fun and games. And it's caught a lot of us by surprise. It's in true. many ways. And so, and then I think something that makes it worse is that we are constantly inundated with advertising more specific, more tailored to us than ever before that increases our feelings of inadequacy, of jealousy, of thinking, oh my gosh, if I looked like that or had that, then I would finally then be I would happy. Be then I would have happy. it all. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So the reality is that no matter who you are, what you were given, what your expectations are, it's always our lives are always going to be a mixture of happy and sad or sweet and bitter, good or bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm a fan of Brooke Castillo. Michelle, have you heard of her? Yes, I have. She is the, for those of you who haven't, she is the owner of, or the founder, I guess, of the Life Coach School. She has a podcast that's pretty interesting and she teaches a lot of Really good principles, and one of my favorite ones is called the 50% rule. She says that when you look around and see the person with more money 
or with the nicer car or with the kids that sleep through the night when they're like two days old (laughs) (laughs) or the person whose spouse is always surprising them with flowers. It's easy to feel like, oh, they must be so happy. They must have everything put together and they must feel more joy than I do. But the truth is that their life, like my life, is 50% good, 50% hard. Do I think it's really like a split? Probably not. But I do feel like that principle is true. Yeah. There is always going to be a mixture. The dialogue might change. The struggles might change. But it's still not necessarily more joyous or more more fulfilling. Yeah. It's a mixture, a balance. Yeah. That reminds me, I was with my friend in San Francisco one time, and we were looking at these beautiful painted ladies that had like a view of the Palace of Fine Arts, which I don't know if you've ever been there in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it's beautiful. And there's like this lake full of swans. And it's just this oasis in the middle of the mm-hmm. city. And it's just gorgeous. And I'm sure that the the painted ladies, that's the that's what the tall like townhouse style houses in San Francisco are called. And um, yeah. they're just, I, I mean, these ones are worth millions of dollars because of this view. And we walked by one and it was so beautiful. And I was just like, oh, what do you think it's like to live here? And my friend was like, normal. It's normal. <laughs> like the people who live here, they have more money than us, but they have normal lives. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Mm-hmm. Like here I am like fantasizing about, what it would be like to live here but like i would you know still have whatever challenges in my life right like you know the the living in the living in those houses wouldn't mean that you know my kids always liked what i made them for dinner or that my husband and i never had a disagreement about how to do something you know it would not take away any of those things and they probably have their own other struggles that i I don't even know about or whatever. The point being that, yeah, we all have things that we struggle with, whether we struggle with them in rentals or mansions or our dream job or our least favorite job ever. We're all struggling with something. Yes. And I feel like when we, we grow to accept that fact, then we can kind of expect the opposition or the struggle mm-hmm. instead of being surprised or derailed or stunned yeah. by it. Also, I think it helps me stay on top of my thoughts when I do look around and see people in different circumstances that might make me feel envious. Mm-hmm. I can stay on top of that and remind myself that, no, everybody struggles. I think this is something else that gets exacerbated by social media, right? Because you know, I'm there. I love to post like all the good happening in our lives. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when we're consuming other people's highlight reels, it can seem like mm. we're the only ones who have these struggles because, you know, they they aren't posted on the internet. And I'm not saying that they necessarily should be or anything like that. But, you know, people always have a side of them that you can't see, especially on social media, which is why it's very important to be friends with people in real life and have real friends yeah. that you share your struggles with because often they'll be like, oh my gosh, me too. And yeah. you just can't have that connection with strangers over right. the internet. But um, the other thing too, with the 
I remember you telling me that. And I do feel like it's so true that like we should not expect 100% happiness out of life because when we do, that sets us up for failure and for really being frustrated. Extreme disappointment. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, exactly. (laughs) Extremely disappointed when like that thing about millennials growing up and being like, I thought we were promised the world, but I still have to clean the floors. You know, it's it's just a frustrating feeling. It's an extra frustrating feeling if you're not, if you don't take the fact that that's just a part of life into account. And then I think, you know, joy is also found in the contrast, right? Like the black and white, they make a really strong alliance because they provide contrast, black and white, the colors, like the color scheme. Yes. Um, And if everything was always 100% good, you wouldn't be able to relish in it. You wouldn't be able to enjoy it. I love that contrast idea. I feel like it's a good reminder for why there is opposition. Um, But we can can talk all day about, oh, let's, you know, just look for the good. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) But tell me, Michelle, how do you really apply that? How do you especially on those times where maybe it feels a little bit more like 70% hard. How do you find the joy during Mm. your day to day? So one of the things that I try to do as far as like my mindset, make my mindset to embrace compassion and curiosity, some curiosity about what's happening and some compassion for all of the people involved. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that, I mean, again, this is something that's like a continual learning process for me. But if I can approach my spouse with a little bit more curiosity about their day, instead of just like frustratingly dumping my day on him, and be wondering about what he's going through, can open my heart up a little bit to to just sharing in a relationship with him where we're both in it for the good of each other instead of just like, you take all of my problems. <laughs> kind of to go along with that is this principle that, again, I'm not perfect at implementing, but I do try to keep it in my mind. And my husband actually brought this home from, I think it's like psychology professor in college, one of the most valuable le- lessons <laughs> we learned in college. <laughs> um, this professor challenged his students to fill in the gaps with good. And what that means is just assume the best when you have no other information. So it can be as simple as I try to say, like, if I get cut off in traffic, I try to think maybe that person is rushing to the hospital to meet a new baby. Like, it might not be true, but it helps me to like, again, have that compassion for that person or that situation. Maybe they're not like trying to be mean to me. Maybe they are just in a rush to something really important. Or even if somebody says something that hurts my feelings, filling in the gaps with good is maybe they didn't mean it that way. Or maybe they don't know all of the circumstances surrounding my position on this. And so I'm going to Mm -hmm. be both compassionate to myself and not take that in, but also compassionate to them. And like, I don't have to hold this grudge forever because. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to bring up. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that we have the choice to frame it either way and yeah. what, what way makes, which way makes us feel better inside. Right. Right. It's having the compassion and creating that dialogue around it. That's serves us 
and them, I guess. Yeah. Because we are able to have a little bit more compassion. I also make up stories, usually very sad ones. <laughs> About people like when their they life is me sad. the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I go through this very, I don't know why, but I guess it makes me, it helps me have more compassion. But yeah. again, it's our choice how we want to frame these exactly. exchanges or situations that are less than ideal. Yeah. So framing it in a way that is gracious to yourself and to the other person. I feel like it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, they are a terrible person. <laughs> they are doing yeah. that on purpose or yeah. what they are trying to hurt me. And I, I suppose there are people trying to do that. So they're not in the category of people that I'm talking about right now. But I think a lot of people act on just what their lives have mm-hmm. made them think, yep. you know, or whatever, yep. like they're coming from their entire story that I know nothing about. And so it might not be quite as evilly intended as I may feel like it is in the moment. And yeah, trying to be gracious towards that. And sometimes I'm like, because I look so familiar to people, people will follow me around places and tell me their life story. And like, honestly, I love it because I'll just be laughing. They'll just be telling me their story and i'm like you know i would never know this if you didn't tell me right and i feel like that's for almost anyone in the world there's so much going on in everybody's world like each person is like a universe unto themselves with all kinds of things happening and i hope that i mean i know that undoubtedly i've said something that has hurt or offended somebody without me intending to just because I was unaware of something in their, some part of their story. And if I hope they have compassion for me, then I also want to have compassion for them and realize that everyone's doing there's a best, lot going on. Right? Everyone's doing their best. The and best so, they can at that moment. yeah, that's what fill in the gaps with good is, is it's assuming everyone's doing their best all the time, even if you don't know for a fact that they are. And, you know, I think yeah. that this is part of, like I said in the other episode, like I don't live with regrets because I try to give myself the benefit of the doubt that like I made the best choice I could at the time. I was doing my best. Even if like now with the experience I have now, I would choose something differently. Well, I can't. I'm going to just give myself the grace and compassion to say I did the best I could at that time. I love that. And I learned from it. Right. So, yeah, you could beat yourself up up all day for decisions that you've made in the past. But the truth is you did the best you could at the time with what you had. Yeah. I really like that principle. And I I have um, a similar principle with Mm -hmm. a little bit of a different twist. Filling in the gaps with good. The way I've always seen that is to surround myself in my life with little things that bring me joy. Yeah. Some simple examples of this are fresh flowers. A few dollars every other week or so uh, to add a little beauty that surrounds me Mm -hmm. through good times and hard times. That brings me some joy. Yeah. Um, Also, I like to surround myself with beautiful music. I don't know if you know this, but I got a little um, notification telling me that I am Lauren Daigle's. I'm in the top 2% of her fan base. (laughs) I am pretty sure that, that like you just I'm have pretty played sure. 2%. I yeah. Obviously they obviously I left my Alexa on for like 
two months straight <laughs> playing her music and it notified awesome. me that i congratulations you're in the top two percent wow of her fans hardcore fan. anyway i, I do love her yeah i do love her i do love her music it does bring me joy elevates my perspective yeah i also love having good books to open up in a little moment yeah a little gap in the day more podcasts so filling in the gaps with good yeah. literally in my day yeah even if they're tiny that. gaps filling in all the little, little edges yeah that's right yeah like those little but, things that just bring joy that like you could choose to not fill it with anything or you could choose to fill it with <laughs> something that made you upset why not choose to fill it with something that just makes you smile yeah be intentional that way i think that's helpful yeah i love that for me I try to remind myself to look up throughout the day. And it's kind of like that little thing of filling in those little moments with something good. For me, that has been looking up and like metaphorically looking up from my screens or from my tasks or whatever, but also just physically looking up and like looking at the sky and noticing the cloud formations and how beautiful they are when the light hits them in a certain way or noticing like how the leaves rustle on the trees. I mean, maybe this sounds like so silly to people, but to me, it has just been like just to take a few moments at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day to like take in the sunset where I live, the sunsets well, and the sunrises are just really beautiful often. And, and there's totally a part of my day that I could just rush on by. But just taking a few minutes to take them in and to notice them, even if it's 30 seconds, has been a way that I found a lot of joy. <laughs> Someday my <laughs> kids are going to make fun of me because I'm always like, oh, my gosh, you guys, look at the sky. Like, we'll just be driving somewhere. And I'm like, look at how cool those clouds are. So, so awesome. Cute. And, you know, we really try to notice when it's really cool and wonder, like, why is it so cool? Why, you know, what's causing it to be like that. And one thing I heard this like long ago, but it's always stayed with me. One of my friends was telling me that, you know, humans can only perceive a small fraction of the light spectrum, right? So we know that there's tons of light that's invisible to us. And so imagine what a sunset would look like if you could see all of the visible light spectrum. Mm. And like we have no idea because we can't even conceptualize these colors because we can't perceive them. But I will just like, wow. I get so fascinated by that, that I'll just like, I'll think about that for a minute. And it makes, I don't know, it makes it even more beautiful to me. Do you do this subconsciously? How do you, how do you help yourself look up and recognize? Mm -hmm. Because it is easy to get buried in the tasks we are um, involved in at the moment. There's always a lot going on, especially <laughs> if you have little children like you do. So how do you be intentional that way? Well, I started going on more walks, <laughs> my 20 minute a day challenge to like go out. Mm -hmm. And so I'll try to, I usually get that in around sunrise. And then I can see the sunset, it like sets behind my kitchen window. So it's pretty easy often to like see that like the sky is all lit up, but everyone in our family loves the sunsets and the sunrises. So we'll kind of alert each other when there's a really good one. That's really, yeah. Which is fun. Sense. Also, you've carved out the space to be out there yeah. in the mornings. Yeah. And you've probably trained yourself by now to look up from the dishes mm -hmm. and you've trained your children to help <laughs> to alert, recognize that too. It's yeah. beautiful. Look oh, yeah. And when I travel anywhere, 
I will always check what time sunset is and then try to find a high place to watch the sunset from. Or you can ask people where the best place to watch the sunset is. And we've seen like amazing sunsets because of that, because we just ask people where the best place to look at them is. But yeah, and I would also say that like I choose, (laughs) we've been like going to the park with the kids and I choose the park where I have like the best vantage point of looking at the sky. I mean, I guess I we think could have I know a... what park you're talking about. Yeah. And I've grown to really appreciate it and realize that that's not always not every park has a great view of the sky. But, you know, other parks have other cool things, maybe really cool trees or I don't know. I like to I like to change it up and see where I, <laughs> I love it. See what the sky looks like. Maybe, uh, yeah, I really do. <laughs> I'm very nerdy about that. No, I think it's wonderful. You're talking about looking up. One of my principles of finding joy in the everyday is to look outside myself Mm -hmm. and around me. Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, as we lose ourselves in the service of others, we discover our own lives and our own happiness. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's true for me. On a good day and a hard day, when I can just look outside myself And I think serving your children counts. I also like to try to serve people that are physically around me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's baked goods. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a card. Sometimes it's a text. Yeah. Just any sort of looking outside of myself. A lot of the, the struggles that I'm dealing with or challenges that I have dissipate or are put in their proper perspective because I am not focusing on them. I'm focusing outward. Yeah. You're good at this. What are some ways that you serve others on a good day or a hard day? Well, I like to just have my ear to the ground be like, who needs something, you know? And again, like we all have like our full busy lives, but is there something that I can offer somebody again, like Jessica, maybe it's, you know, taking someone up plate of cookies or making someone dinner when they've had a hard day. (laughs) One time, my friend, she was like in a minor car accident. And I her kids were she she told me about it. And I was like, you know, I want to take her dinner. I didn't like even have groceries in my house. So I feel like I like made her like box macaroni and cheese like it was not fancy in any way. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I still want to serve her. I want to take the burden of her having to make the macaroni and cheese off her hands. uh, Because I know that she's, you know, dealing with this. And, and so I was initially just like, Oh, you know, it won't be it won't be good enough. But it could be better. It could could be be better. It could be better. I could have made a pot roast and mashed potatoes. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Like it could have been much more. But then I was like, No, I'm not going to let that stop me from just to, from just taking care of somebody. And I think that there's so much this is another way where like the idea of perfection gets in the way of us just living good and beautiful lives and serving each other because it's like, "Oh, I should be better at this first. I should be a better cook before I invite someone over to my house or I should have a five-course meal planned before I take it over to yeah. somebody in need or I should have thousands of dollars to give away before I offer help." to someone I know who needs, you know, a little, a little something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just try to be like, open-handed with what we have. And mm-hmm. there doesn't need to be any pretense about what we do or don't have. It's just like, hey, I have this. I would like to offer it. 
if you if you need it, if you want it, and just like how can I how can I serve people? How could I like to, you know how could I take somebody's kids for the afternoon so they could go do this or that that they need to get done? I mean, it's like we all have something to offer. It doesn't have to be money. It if food is not that your thing, it doesn't have to be food. Yeah, it doesn't have to be time. It can just be. It can be a thoughtful card written of encouragement, or it could be a coffee dropped off or something. I mean, there's just like a million ways to... Or just a listening ear. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Giving the space, the time to somebody to listen. Yeah. It doesn't have to cost money <laughs> to, I, to be right. people. I like your, your point, though, of having your ear to the ground. Yeah. Having the eye to see where there is a need in your circle of influence. Yeah. And like, I thought of like, what has really blessed me in the past, you know, one time we came home from somewhere and our our neighbor like brought us breakfast and it was so nice. She had brought it to us like the night before. So it was just like in our fridge. And I was like, oh, that's so great. Like, of course we don't have any groceries in the house. So I think there's like a million ways to just pick up an extra thing while you're already out grocery shopping. And you're right that like bringing other people joy is much more likely to bring you joy right they yeah there's like all those studies done where they give some they give people like 40 dollars to spend and to one group they have them spend it on themselves and to another group they have them spend it on someone else and the ones who spend it on someone else they're always happier than the ones who spend it on themselves (laughs) it's the ones who spend it on themselves proof yeah they're like oh i wish i had thought more carefully about what i bought or or i didn't have enough to buy this other thing that I've been pining over, but the ones who just used it to bless someone else, they're always like, that made me feel great. And I'm so happy I got to do that. Yeah, that's Um, great. And I feel like, you know, that's a money example, but it's, it's time and it's affection. And it's, you know, there's so many things that we can do to just be building our communities and finding, finding that joy in connection with other people and uh, bridging those gaps. And it's not, it's not always going to be perfect. But, you know, I do always think that it's, it's better than not doing anything at all. I think that that's something that for me, I've had to, I've struggled with is feeling like if it's not good enough, I shouldn't offer it at all. And just like pushing through that, I mean, like, it's better to offer something than nothing at all. Yeah. And sometimes I also get worried that I will offend or intrude or Oh, yeah you know, any of those things. But the Mm -hmm. truth is, is it does not hurt to ask when you come from a place of love. Yeah. And the other person can say no. (laughs) They can. Yeah. You know, they can. Or they might, they might not appreciate. (laughs) But yeah. But I certainly feel good when I offer. I feel worse if I'm just like, should I? Should I? Oh, I probably should. Yeah. I need help. But if I stay quiet, (laughs) I don't feel as happy as if I at least extend myself. Try. Well, I feel like it's like one of my principles that I try to live by, by like just being open-handed, being generous. But then sometimes I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't quite work out. <laughs> like I went to, this person was coming out of this coffee shop and they were like holding two drinks. So they were like struggling to open the door. So I went to open the door, but I think that like the leverage of them like having left, it didn't actually like help. It might've spilled their <laughs> drink a tiny bit. And I was just like... Well, great. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> because, but now they know that they live in a world where someone will offer. Yeah. And then like, oh. I, and then I went in and, and this other person was like, that was so nice of you that you opened the door for her. Oh, like, and, you. and um, I was like, yeah. I mean, even if it didn't help, at least, yeah, at least now they know that people still offer to get the door free sometimes. (laughs) I I have to admit that, like, during the the peak of the pandemic, it was hard for me to stay back a little bit from people. Like, we were on a hike once, Mm -hmm. and um, this woman, she was a trooper, she was hiking this pretty intense hike with her two children, and they were really little. Mm -hmm. And there was this one part where her daughter was, like, falling off of the rock, and I just rushed to her to help, and she... (laughs) She very strongly said, please step back. We are trying to keep our distance during this time of the pandemic. Oh. I was like, oh, my goodness. You're so right. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's, sometimes it's not received very well. I know. But I would have felt worse standing back, like I said. I know. I know. Those are. Pardon me for forgetting. <laughs> those have gotten really hard in the pandemic because I've felt that many times where I'm like, should I help this person? Should I not? And and yeah, and that is very specific. And we never know what that person might be, you know, going through on their end. But <laughs> I was really probably str- serious fear of contracting yeah. disease, you know, or or who yeah. knows? Yeah, and like who knows Virus. why? You know what's going on in their yeah lives that they. That's when about. I made up a sad story. It was yeah. fine. Yeah, you're like it's okay. <laughs> I know, but I, on the other hand, was so appreciative. I was coming out of IKEA, and I love IKEA. But their carts are horrible. Oh, my good heavens. What is wrong with them? I Why in the world? I don't understand. They're so bad. But I was... Oh, my word. I must have been carrying... I don't know. Maybe it was just that my cart was heavy because I would bought a plant for my sister. And I was just like... And then the parking lot is like slightly s- sloped. And so, man, I was really struggling with this cart because it's so <laughs> poorly made. And um, this young gentleman came over and he was he offered to help and i was like oh thank the lord i don't have to continue to struggle with this cart and then he even helped unload the cart into my trunk it was just very sweet and it was definitely in the pandemic time so i was i was personally thankful that he was willing to to help but you're right not everyone may appreciate that all kinds of things to consider our best we do our best we do that's neat yeah. Another principle I just wanted to bring up is to I, – I love to journal gratitude. Yeah. This I've talked about it briefly before, but this last year, I mean, it's been trying for everybody. Mm-hmm. Pandemic aside, it was a, an extremely difficult year for our family. It was There was a lot of unknown, mm-hmm. and I decided to practice looking for the good, listing the things that I was grateful for every day. And – Every day, even in the darkest, hardest moments or days, when I looked, I could find, I could find good. I could find things to be grateful for. Yeah, and I think that that's very helpful for our minds to train to train our minds to go there. Absolutely, even when we are really struggling. I know you do this daily as well, right? Yeah, this year I've started keeping just a plain notebook by the side of my bed, and before I go to bed, I just write down at least three things. That brought me joy over the day. And it's it's the same. Like, there have been days where I'm like, this was a terrible <laughs> day. And yet, I've always been able to come up with at least three things. And I mean, sometimes they're the most mundane things. Sometimes it will be, you know, that I 
you know, actually, it's it's also funny to like look back and see like so much of it is about like, oh, I really liked being outside. I really liked, you know, snuggling for two minutes on the couch with my mm-hmm. child. I really liked this part of a book that I read or whatever. It's very infrequently. I loved what I got in my Amazon Prime box today. <laughs> You know, or right. <laughs> whatever. No, no shade to Amazon Prime, but like very <laughs> infrequently is that the thing that I'm like, oh, it just brought me so much joy. But sometimes it will be like, I loved the like hair clips that I was wearing today. They just made me feel good all day. That's fun. And you should the, share those. I want to know which ones they are. Oh man, <laughs> they're very, they're very fun. They're very silly, but I'm like, this brings me joy. It's fun, and so it it is yeah. a, it is a good time to just to look to be looking for that good and to be paying attention to it and reinforce it in our brains because another thing about humans is that we have a very strong negativity bias right like you and i have talked about this before Uh i think that yeah our ancestors have survived through millennia by being paranoid and anxious and looking for danger everywhere But now we live in such a safe world that those instincts are not being put to good use. And so we tend to just tear apart things that are actually good. Mm. So we really have to be paying attention to notice all the good things or we will devolve into. Seriously, we got to do some great rewiring here. Yeah, yeah, we really have to. We really have to pay attention. We have to, you know, it's easy to look at our kids and be like, they're falling apart (laughs) and everything is terrible in the world but if we retrain our brains to be like oh my gosh they did this good thing they were really sweet in this moment then that i mean it's really important but it's it takes some practice for sure like to train our minds to see all the good around us it takes it takes some definite practice okay i'm trying to think of a strategy on how i can rewire here because that resonates with me I think we can all nod our heads in agreement that that's how we are mm-hmm. naturally, perhaps. Yeah. So I'm going to try to be conscious this next week. I have to just at least dial it to a week. <laughs> that for every negative thought, I'm going to back it up with or counter it with three positive. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I want to rewire. I want to feel those feelings of joy and recognize the good that is right in front of me that I often overlook. Yeah. It's so sad. But it's natural. It's okay. So yeah, to overcome our negativity bias, we have to work hard at filling in the gaps with good, filling our lives with good things, and practice looking for all of the good things that we do get the privilege of experiencing every day. But it is yeah. it is a challenge, right? It's it's something that Yeah. I would say that we have to work at, but I also would say that like once you get started, it opens your mind to see just how much good there is and it becomes a lot easier. And uh, for me particularly, (laughs) I can be sort of pessimistic in that like I can envision every terrible future (laughs) possible. (laughs) Like my mind can just go there. But then I also have to really think it through and be like, well, that's not going to happen. Or if that does happen, I'll be okay because I have this, because I have that, you know, because I have the love of my family, like I will be okay in that, in that terrible situation I just imagined for myself. And the more that I have practiced that, 
the better I have gotten at it and the less my mind just goes to the ultimate doomsday or <laughs> even the little miniature doomsday of today. Like mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot more hope and joy when I look at it and when I practice reframing my mind to see it. And I think it's really helpful to really embrace the fact that we are going to go through hard. Yeah. That's part of the life experience and we can't run away from it. Yeah. And it's important not to be consumed by, like you're saying, the fear of it. Right. And to know that we are resilient and we are capable and we will be able to navigate hard through our different, the different tools that we all can determine. And maybe we figure them out as we go, but there are ways to get through things and become stronger and more empathetic and softer, more compassionate. We can find joy along the way. Right. Like at the same time that I would never wish suffering on people, I also know that, you know, some of the suffering I personally have experienced, I've grown so much through that and been able to turn it into something good for my life, you know, for my future. And so knowing that like suffering isn't the end of the story, but that it's just a part of the journey it makes it easier it to embrace that. forever. It won't last forever. Yeah. To see that is really important. <laughs> yeah, at least the most sorrowful yeah. and traumatic moments. Right. The acute will not pain. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're, yes, good way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Things soften and we become better because of it. It's absolutely true. All right. Okay, so we're going to end it here for now, but we have so much more to talk about with Binding Joy. <laughs> so much more yes thanks for um thanks for being here for sharing for your feedback your interactions on instagram yeah it's been quite a fulfilling and dare i say joyful experience <laughs> it has to been. grow this way <laughs> yeah and we want to know what makes you guys joyful so tell us on instagram what are the like the little or big things that bring you joy we want to hear about them so tell us yep. what they are Maybe we'll share them at the end of this month. Oh, that'd be fun. Let's do it. We should come up with a hashtag. Oh, yeah. Joy in the everyday. Bring in joy. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll We'll let let you know. We'll let you know. Okay. (laughs) We'll get back to you. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Until next time. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.